0: The NBC Radio Network has again today canceled regularly scheduled programs to bring you continuous coverage on this, the third day of mourning, following the death of the late President of the United States, John F. Kennedy. And Now to Peter Hackes at Arlington National Cemetery. From our vantage point, located about 50 feet above the site of the Kennedy grave on a grassy slope just below the Lee mansion we now begin to hear the first strains of the marching band the first unit as it winds its way into Arlington Cemetery it was exactly two weeks ago another Monday November 11th Armistice Day that the fallen president last visited this memorial resting place for the nation's heroes on that day Not unlike this one, sunny, clear. Mr. Kennedy placed a wreath at the Tomb of the Unknowns. The events of the last few days completely foreign to his mind. Although who knows what thoughts lurked in the brain that day of the man who pulled the fateful trigger, even then.
1: On Monday, November 25th, 1963, John F. Kennedy was laid to rest at Arlington National Cemetery in Virginia. NBC radio was on hand with press coverage of the event
0: day, as he praised America's war dead is now returning to Arlington suddenly to lie here with them the grave site is perfectly located for this cemetery as I said on a slope below the Lee Mansion from my vantage point I look out over part of the Arlington Cemetery, then down across the Memorial Bridge to the Lincoln Memorial into Washington and beyond the Washington Monument and, of course, on Capitol Hill, the Capitol Building whence Mr. Kennedy's remains began this (coughs) fateful trip earlier today. It's interesting to note uh, that no other graves are in the immediate vicinity of the president's burial spot. Perhaps an indication that for some time at least this area uh, will be reserved for the many thousands and hundreds of thousands who visit Arlington Cemetery each year, who, henceforward, will make the grave of the late John F. Kennedy one of their more interesting, not only a landmark, but a place where people from all over the country, in fact, all over the world, may stop by and perhaps say a prayer, rededicate themselves, meditate and ponder the events of the day as they might have been seen and might have been faced by this man.
1: The viewers watched the funeral on live TV. Present were foreign dignitaries from 92 countries, including eight heads of state and ten prime ministers. In addition to President Johnson, former Presidents Harry Truman and Dwight Eisenhower were in attendance, as was Prince Philip, the husband of Queen Elizabeth II, and Anastas Mikoyan, first deputy prime minister of the USSR. The Roman Catholic Archbishop of Boston, Richard Cardinal Cushing, delivered the funeral mass at St. Matthew's Cathedral. For only the third time in history, telephone service in the U.S. was halted for one minute at noon Eastern time. Las Vegas closed all of its casinos for only the third time in its history. Three hours later, graveside services were held for Lee Harvey Oswald at the Rose Hill Cemetery near Fort Worth, Texas. The only people allowed Oswald's wife, mother, brother, and two daughters. After a Lutheran minister from Dallas reconsidered appearing for the service, the Reverend Lewis Sanders appeared on behalf of the Fort Worth Council for Churches, telling newsmen, We don't want it to be said that a man can be buried in Fort Worth without a minister. Oswald was buried in a family plot that had been owned for several years by his mother. Six reporters were pallbearers. Abraham Zapruder sold all rights to his famed 8mm film of the Kennedy assassination to Life magazine for $150,000 to be paid in $25,000 yearly installments. Two days later, Zapruder donated the first full payment to the widow of officer J.D. Tippett.
0: That, of course, was the traditional 21-gun salute. At this point, the chaplain now completes the prayers. At the graveside.
2: A rest in peace. Eternal rest ran unto him, O Lord. May his soul and the souls of all the faithfully parted to the mercy of God rest in peace. Amen.
0: now we will hear the three volleys of musketry to be followed by the traditional playing of taps.
2: Amen full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy among Jesus. Return the rest unto him, O and his soul, and the souls of all the faithful departed to the mercy of God, rest in him, and the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen.
0: this point, Robert Kennedy has brought Mrs. Jacqueline Kennedy to a position directly in front of the casket and next to it. At this point, with Mrs. Kennedy still standing at the end of the casket and very close to it, Cardinal Cushing has leaned forward, touched the shoulder of Senator Edward Kennedy. There's a conversation between him and the Attorney General. Now the Cardinal speaks briefly with Mrs. Kennedy. At this moment, the military honor guard begins to fold the flag which has draped the casket of the late president in prescribed military fashion. The folding almost completed. After the flag has been folded, the body bearers then will move from the graveside. And the chaplain will bless the eternal flame which is to be lighted here at the graveside. During the burial ceremony by Mrs. Kennedy.
2: You and with your Spirit. Let us pray. O God, by whose word all things are made holy, pour down thy blessing on this light which thou hast created, and grant that whoever giving thanks to thee. You it in accordance with thy law and thy will, may by calling upon thy holy name, receive you thy aid, help the body, protection of soul, and grace to follow in the way of the wonderful man whom we here today. In the, name
3: of the Father of the son of the Holy Ghost... Continuing NBC's memorial coverage of the late President John Fitzgerald Kennedy, here is Morgan Beatty. Today was the day they said farewell all around the
4: world. And now we cover the only member of the Kennedy family unaccounted for in Washington and at Arlington Cemetery. We take you to Jim Jensen in Hyannisport for a report on Joseph Kennedy. There have been in the past 18 hours numerous rumors and reports of the serious illness or death of the late President Kennedy's father, Ambassador Joseph P. Kennedy. These rumors and reports are all erroneous as far as I could find out today. The ambassador who could not, because of his invalid condition, attend his son's funeral in Washington is quite well. We talked a short time ago to his niece, Miss Anne Gargan, who is staying with him in his home at Hyannisport. Miss Gargan said that upon rising this morning, the ambassador attended a private mass held for him... Uh, by Father uh, John Kavanaugh. She said, too, that shortly after 10 o'clock this morning, the ambassador, along with Father Kavanaugh, Miss Gargan, and his chauffeur, took a 40-minute drive through the Hyenas Business District, looking at the flags at half-mast and the people headed for the numerous memorial services. In addition to the ride, the ambassador, who has ha- had some difficulty speaking because of his stroke, talked with a friend on the telephone. The call did not come from Washington. And also, according to Miss Gargan, uh, he did not watch any television this morning, but he did last night observe uh, for some time the lines of mourners passing by his son's beer in the Capitol Rotunda. He remained calm throughout. Uh, Miss Gargan said, too, that she expected he, he would have watched the funeral services on television this afternoon. And during the funeral service, we've just learned, this afternoon, Ambassador Kennedy took his daily required period of immersion in the heated pool. He came out of the pool around 3 o'clock this afternoon. It must be pointed out, too, that it was with great reluctance that we disturbed Ms. Gargan with our queries on this sorrowful day. Because of the rumors about the death of Ambassador Joseph P. Kennedy circulating around the nation that it would be for the best interests of all concerned to seek the truth. Uh, We expect this accounting of his day's activities today will serve to stop the rumors of his demise. Ambassador Kennedy is now as well as any father can be on the day his son is buried. Jim Jensen reporting from Hyannis. And now for the events in Washington following the funeral of the President. We switch you to
3: Russ Ward in Washington. Morgan, the story here right now is one of a diplomatic reception at the White House. Scores, actually hundreds of diplomats arriving one at a time, two, three, four in groups, limousines pulling up continually at the executive mansion. The greeter on the north portico, William Tonest, the deputy chief of protocol at the State Department, shaking hands, occasionally the diplomats arriving, wiping tears from their eyes, still overcome with grief from the assassination on Friday and the dramatic funeral procession that uh, occurred earlier this afternoon. It's uh, still quiet here. I flew down from New York uh, earlier this afternoon, and the plane actually flew over Arlington National Cemetery, where the uh, funeral took place. You could, uh, even from an altitude of perhaps 5,000 feet, you could look down and see the ribbons of black lining Memorial Bridge. Of course, the ribbons being spectators waiting, standing quietly, watching as the funeral procession was to come by a few moments later. The plane landed, and I drove up what many of our listeners, I'm sure, know as a beautiful drive along the Potomac River, the the Mount Vernon Memorial Parkway. And all along the parkway on both sides, cars parked five, six deep. People who had left their cars there early this morning to walk, oh, perhaps half a mile up to Memorial Bridge. The Arlington National Cemetery, of course, was closed to the public. But these people wanting to get a final glimpse of the funeral procession. It was a thoroughly touching moment, and I couldn't help but uh, feel at the time as I joined the crowd going toward Memorial Bridge that we've seen another day of... History made, but it'll be a long time before we forget it.